0: Welcome to Union Chapel, my name is Cole, I'm one of our 180 student ministry pastors here on staff, and I know I always say this, but I've got the best job in the world, and your job is second best, okay, we, <laughs> I love it, Caleb and I, we get to, we're in Mary, she's back there, we love Mary, we get to work with 6th or 12th grade students all year long, it's too fun, too good, we get to tell them all about Jesus, and stuff like that, and so it's, I, I love Union Chapel, I, I love our family we got here, And so it's always such an honor. Uh, to be able to get to do this a couple times a year. Y'all love our family as well? Anybody here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's awesome. It's awesome. Well, today we want to continue kind of finish up this series that we've been in for the past four weeks uh, called God With Us. And Pastor Greg, he's done an awesome, awesome, awesome job of kind of walking us through uh, this Advent and Christmas and holiday season uh, the ways that God is with us, hence the name. And so today I, I want to help finish this up by, by Walking us down this path of understanding that God is with us also uh, in our battles, okay in our battles And so my hope is that this will bless you this morning in this holiday season because because I I think it's gonna be awesome Um, You know, I've been thinking about this message obviously as I've been preparing it and and I got to thinking You know about a year ago like literally a year ago today I think I stood here in this room not on this stage because this is new. Do you like this one? It's pretty cool Um, yes that's what I'm looking for can't see who you are sorry um used to have an old stage but but stood right here in this room and 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 I, I gave a talk last year a year ago called how to have the best year of your life and you know it was a nice little four point put together sermon you know full sermons three points Four is, is extra i'm trying to really outkick my coverage here and so you know i was thinking about that i'm thinking you know i wonder if it helped people i don't know maybe somebody had a, the best year ever I, you know i don't know i'm just thinking i'm like kind of evaluating and then I, I start thinking about my own life and i'm thinking you know did i have the best year ever did i even help myself and i'm thinking you know like you know got to great wife. I love, my marriage is great. You know, we got a new house this last year. We got, you know, we have an awesome dog. I love my dog. His name's Jax. He's incredible. Um, A lot of people don't like him. (laughs) This makes me very sad. Um, Just life is great, you know what I'm saying? And so then I I like, I have this moment where I'm kind of honest with myself and I realize like, huh, if I'm really being honest, like this last year was probably the toughest year I've ever had. And I, I know I'm kind of jumping in right here, so hopefully you're warmed up a bit. Um, but last past year, like if I'm being honest, has been on the toughest year I've ever had. Um, and and I, to, Today I want to really kind of start off by illustrating what we what I want to talk about today with, with a little bit of my story from this past year. And so, so 2018, at the beginning of the year, I realized that I actually had something called severe anxiety, um, which led eventually into me being... Pretty depressed. Again, I know it's kind of heavy right off the bat, so come with me on this journey. But I, beginning of the year, I realized that, that I've got this this thing. I didn't even know I had it. Uh, it was crazy. It hit me like a ton of bricks. Uh, what was happening is we were at a, a worship service, not here, but but north, up kind of closer by where I went to, to school at Bethel. We're sitting in a worship service. You know, the worship is awesome. Uh, the speaker, she, she's killing it. And, and throughout this worship service, I noticed I'm like kind of fidgety. You know, I'm like tapping my foot. You know, you guys, the ones of you that know me, I'm like... I'm always moving something, and I'm a spaz. Okay, it's like they created medicine for people like me. Um, but this time it was like a little more intense, and I noticed it. And I noticed like my heart was was beating a little faster than it normally does. And and I'm just sitting there, kind of like weirded, like kind of confused. Again, I didn't know what this was. And I'm maybe you understand this. Like I was just thinking about. All the stuff at home. Maybe this isn't. Hopefully, this isn't you right now. But I wasn't listening to the preacher. I was like thinking about all the stuff I had to do. Um, seriously, I hope that's not you. Um, but I'm thinking about. You know, I'm worried about that. I got to get that done. You know, at work. You know, this is coming up. This deadline. I got to pay that bill. You know, just you, you know what. I, you know what I'm saying. And I'm sitting there. I'm thinking about all the stuff I, I got to do in life. And then out of nowhere, I have this like really strong thought pop into my head and and i've never had this happen before uh, but it was so strong and so clear so poignant i'll never ever ever forget this i'm sitting there trying to pay attention and i hear this thought in my head and it says something along the lines of this that cole everybody around you is going to be greatly successful and god is going to use them in great 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 ways basically they're going to get everything that you've ever wanted and you are going to fail And it's going to be bad, and it's going to be brutal, and everybody's going to see, and you will never have a ministry again, like crazy stuff like that, just very clear and loud in my mind. And in this moment, like my heart really starts racing, and I start breathing hard. I had to get up and walk out of the room, and, you know, I I walked out. I'm in the lobby, and I just left the building, and I started, like, hyperventilating, just freaking out, okay? And, And in this moment, I was just terrified absolutely terrified i've never felt just fear this strong in my life and for the first time ever i realized i didn't know it at the time but i had something called an anxiety attack or a panic attack and over the course of the next like three four months my symptoms got a lot 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 worse (laughs) really bad and i started having these panic attacks all the time is awful i was told my wife you know maybe a month ago or so like this thing is the only thing that i've ever felt in my life it's like it's absolutely ruthless like it shows zero mercy. It doesn't care where you are, what you're doing. <laughs> it doesn't care. It just takes over. And you, you, those of you that have had this, you, you know what I'm saying. It's terrible. And so over the course of the next four months or so, it just got worse and worse and worse. And I couldn't sleep at night. You know, I'm, I'm like kind of weird in social situations. And, and you all know me. Like I love people. Just watch me after the service. I'll make my way th- through you all. Um, but back then, it wasn't like that. I, So it was just taking over my life. And... I'm going to kind of spare you the time cuz we don't have it. I would love to share the full story with you sometime, but over kind of a series of like kind of miraculous encounters with God in my life, I actually started to walk out of this thing. And and he God, it's like he taught me how to how to leave this thing behind, how to beat this, how to win this battle and beat this giant if you will in my life and he took things from me in this time and replaced them with things that are beautiful and listen to me y'all for the last four or five months now i've been completely anxiety free and depression free and it's it's been amazing yeah <laughs> completely yeah praise the lord i like i like you ma'am you're awesome um and so you know i'm thinking about this past year right i'm, I'm sitting there in my office i'm thinking about it i'm like man this has been the hardest year of my life like, hands down, hardest year, uh, my wife would probably agree, you know, like, it's one of the biggest battles we've ever fought. But I'm sitting there thinking, like, man, it was actually the best year of my life. And what this is where I want to go today, is that I think for every person in, in the room here today, you've got, like, that thing, right? You, like, everybody has, like, a thing like that big thing in your life, that big battle, whatever it is, that huge thing, like like your main thing that's trying to take you out. Everybody's got the thing. Listen, maybe it's like a broken relationship, or your marriage is hard, or you've got an addiction, or like things just aren't going well, or It's a financial crisis or you know, maybe you're 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 stuck thinking about that thing that happened to you in the past Or you got regrets or you know, I could go down the list for hours Like maybe you're controlled by anxiety or or whatever you've got the thing And today what I want to do is I actually want to take you to a point and I kind of want to do what we did last year Kind of like what I talked about where where I want to get you to a point where you can say Hey, this might actually be the hardest year I ever have but I can still somehow in god have the best year I've ever had It's crazy how it works. It's like for you, that thing, it might be stronger right now than it's ever been in your life. But I seriously believe that somehow in God, you can have 2019, the best year you've ever had. And so today, what I want to do is I want to talk about that. Battles, battles, how God is with us in the battle. And so listen, I can't think of a better story to talk about when we're talking about battles than the story of David and Goliath, okay? Okay. Now, listen to me. So today, we're, if you're wanting to follow along in your, in your Bible, you got a, you got a book. Uh, we're going to be in first, Cham- first Samuel chapter 17. We're going to kind of work through that. I know we usually stand for like one passage and then read it. But today, I want to kind of walk you through like the whole story, if that's okay with you all. And uh, before we get to this, before I jump in, I just want to say like I know probably many of you today, in the room you've like grown up in church you've you've probably heard the story a hundred thousand times and I listen I was thinking about this as well today did anybody ever do like the flannel graph thing like where the Sunday school teacher she'd like take the boat and put it on she'd be like what is this and you'd be like it's Jesus and it's wrong but she says yeah you're right no matter what (laughs) didn't help me but I I had fun But that's how, that's, I remember learning about David and Goliath back then through, through all that stuff, and, and, and so, but the thing is, is, I just want to say this, I know maybe you've heard this story before, if you haven't, awesome, welcome, uh, but today what I want to do is I want to hopefully help pull some things out of this particular story that have been super helpful to me this past year and helping me win the battle against, I know it's corny, but the, the giant in your life. Okay, you want to do that? Anybody down? I love it. Okay. I'm just going to kind of preface this for you real quick. Um, here in this story, we find uh, two nations at war with each other. Okay. On one hand, you got the Israelites who to us are like the good guys. Israel is like God's chosen nation. Those are his people back in the old Testament. Thank God it's no longer like that because we're Americans, not Israelites. Um, the back then they were his people and they were up against these people called the philistines and the phil you see if you read the old testament these two come kind of head to head all the time and it's sweet but this time in particular like the philistines they brought their secret weapon and his name is i love it you all know goliath he's a huge dude he's this crazy huge dude and i want to just read a little bit about him to you here starting in verse four so what it says then goliath a philistine champion from gath came out of the philistine ranks to face the forces of israel he was over nine feet tall crazy he wore a bronze helmet and his bronze coat of mail weighed a 125 pounds skip down to verse 7 the shaft of his spear was as heavy and thick as a weaver's beam tipped with an iron spearhead that weighed 15 pounds his armor bearer walked ahead of him carrying a shield essentially what this is saying is uh, goliath is a really big guy <laughs> very big and it goes on to talk about how for 40 days this guy would come out in front of the Israelites and he would just like taunt them for 40 days straight he would come out and taunt them he'd make fun of them he'd be like what i'm you know i'm 35 years old no one's ever killed me i've been fighting since i was just a boy no one can beat me yahweh who's that he's a loser um, you know it's just stuff like that like just taunting them for 40 days and it says that the Israelites were terrified completely like shaking with fear for 40 days straight okay and so in this part of the story we're introduced to a new character his name's david again maybe you've heard of this guy Uh, david eventually became the king of israel and he's pretty well regarded as the greatest king in all of israel's history and what's cool to me is I, i think david is actually regarded as one of the greatest kings in all of world history too which is sweet uh, but we're introduced to David and in this story, David is most people think about 14 years old And I, it was just so nuts to me and I was reading this this thing by this scholar earlier this week That was he was actually making this argument as to why David was actually 12 years old And I, I'm just thinking that's insane <laughs> Like that's crazy and I'm not going to spoil the story for you because you don't know what happens But David's a young guy <laughs> We're just going to assume okay David's a young guy and so, David, he's got a few brothers, he's got a bunch of brothers actually, but a few of them are off at this war, they're fighting, and David's dad, Jesse, one day, he comes to him and he says, hey, I need you, he was a shepherd, I need you to leave your sheep and I want you to go, and I want you to go to the battle and give your brothers some, some food and some supplies, and just take a little bit of a journey for me, can you do it? And he agrees, and so then I want to pick up reading here in verse 20, so good. Verse 20 so David arose early in the morning and left the flock with a keeper and took the supplies and went as Jesse had commanded him And he came to the circle of the camp while the army was going out in battle array shouting the war cry Israel and the Philistines drew up in battle array army against army This is what I want you to hear verse 22 then David left his baggage In the care of the baggage keeper and ran to the battle line and entered in order to greet his brothers David left his baggage in the care of the baggage keeper and ran into the battle Not sure if you heard it David left his baggage in the care of the baggage keeper and ran into the battle. Listen I love being a pastor. I love it. It's like a dream come true for me. Honestly. I love it I have people that come into my office all the time, and, and this, the, the conversation usually goes something like this, like, hey, I've got this in my life, and, and I don't want that in my life, <laughs> like, in other words, I've got a, a battle, and I want to win, and I, I love helping people kind of tr- start to walk out of these things and, and find freedom and victory in these battles, but one of the things I see all the time is that people want to win battles, but a lot of people are carrying around a lot of baggage, like, tons of bag, tons of weight it's like hey I want to I want to beat this addiction well you're carrying around tons of regret like I wish I wouldn't have done that and you know now my family knows and my, my my, church knows my pastor knows and like I don't know if I can actually live the life that God has destined me to live because everybody knows about my screw-up back in the day and I, I just can't do it anymore I said, wait like w- uh, maybe it's what that person did to me back in the day like I'm never going to be the same. It's a weight. Listen, can I just I think I've built up enough trust with you guys to to say this Can I just get on you for a second? Is that okay? Okay, don't throw stones. Here we go. I'm prepared. I Think one of the biggest weights We carry in our culture today, maybe the biggest hands down. I, I don't know But I think one of the biggest weights we carry is our schedules Like it's crazy to me like people people are like i want to i want to get free from this and i'm thinking you don't even have time you don't even have enough time for your family like everybody's so busy and I, i'm sorry again i, I know i'm, I'm kind of t- getting a little personal here but like well, we'll have students like again we work with sixth or twelfth graders we'll have students especially student leaders that will walk in like i'm like what's wrong well i've got Twelve practices this week. I'm on four committees. I'm signing up for eight scholarships. Like, and they just list off oh, tons of things. And I'm thinking, how can people actually fight the battles that God has created them to to win if they're too busy? They don't even have time for the battle. You see what I'm saying? Okay, I, listen. I forgot to put my point on the screen. We'll put it up there. Here's my point. <laughs> it's a good one. You don't want to miss it. Listen. I had like 18 Type A people come up to me at the end. and They said, "You you said this one wrong." So I'm. Sorry, this is the point. If you want to slay giant, you got to leave your baggage behind. The weight, take it off. Leave it with the baggage keeper. Like, you can't fight if you got a ton of baggage. It's plain and simple. I I noticed this earlier something that really was interesting to me is that seven chapters before this chapter we're looking at so first Samuel chapter 10 it's a story about how a guy named Samuel who was a priest he was gonna anoint Saul who was the king of Israel at the time and the story says that Saul when he was gonna be anointed was hiding in his baggage (laughs) hiding in his baggage and so I mean, my mind, and Saul's hiding in his baggage, and he loses the anointing. Well, what happens? David leaves his baggage with the baggage keeper and picks up the anointing to, to kill a giant. You see what I'm saying? you got to take the weight off. Does it make sense? Are you with me? Awesome. That's a good point. Thank you, Cole. It's too late. That's a joke. We're streaming. Um... <laughs> let's move on here so David he gets to this this battlefield and uh, he walks out there and you know he kind of sees what's going on and uh, you know he, he they're lined up in battle array whatever that means they didn't teach me that in school um, but they're facing one another and and he sees you know Goliath doing his thing you know he's taunting him you know like making fun of him again and David you know 12 14 year old, how old however old he is he starts like he starts getting real, a little cocky and he's like who's this guy and you know it's a bunch of like grown men who are warriors and it's this little kid coming out here like who's this guy what somebody go kill this guy (laughs) they're like shut up dude Jeez, he's gonna get mad and he's like who's this guy he's gonna taunting the armies of the living god are you kidding me like he starts getting mad and so he, he he starts walking up to, to different people, and he asks, hey, what's the reward if I, if I go and fight this guy and kill him? He's interested. He wants to know what the reward is. And they say, hey, one, you get a bunch of money. Two, you never have to pay taxes again. And then three, you get to marry the king's daughter. Come on, somebody. It's always about the girl. <laughs> I think this is the real reason he actually went and fought the giant in the first place. He wanted the girl. Three things. And so he, he goes to three different people and, like, confirms, hey, are we sure that I get the girl? Like... So everybody sure. And they're like, yeah, you're good. And what happens is actually David, the brothers that he was supposed to go and give supplies to, they hear what he's doing. This is so cool. Uh, and I want to read this to you here. Verse 28. But when David's oldest brother, Eliab, sweet name, heard David talking to the men, he was angry. What are you doing around here anyway, he demanded. What about those few sheep you're supposed to be taking care of? I know about your pride and your deceit. You just want to see the battle. And so what happens here is David, he decides, hey, I'm actually going to go slay my giant. I'm going to go after this thing that's in my life and other people, and I'm going to kill it. And what happens is his own brother comes against him. His own family comes against him. And this is, I, again, I see this all the time as a, as a pastor, is, is people who actually, especially like young people that I work with, middle school, high schoolers, they choose, hey, I'm choosing Jesus. I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to go that way. Even though the world goes this way, I'm going that way. You know, the whole the, the narrow path sort of thing. You've heard it before. Like I'm choosing an obedient, and, and I want to choose a life of character and honor. That's what they go. And what happens is the people closest to them actually oppose them for it the people that are like for real they actually get opposed here's what's crazy even crazier I even see people's parents doing this to their students like even our upperclassmen and and even into college it's like hey mom dad I'm choosing this life and their parents are like "Ah, I mean what's the matter it's these are your years to have a little fun you know like You can clean it up later. Like, come on, you know, like, it's okay, you know. And what's happening is people's own parents actually are coming against them when they choose to go and fight the giant. It's crazy. Here, I'll just give you one more example. When a a middle schooler or a high schooler goes into middle school and high school and they choose, hey, I'm going to be a virgin. I'm going to do it. Big giant, right? That's a hard one to slay, if we're being honest. But I'm going to do it actually people will persecute them. And I'll tell you why this happens. Is because this person has this giant in their field, and this person has the same giant in their field. And what happens is this person actually goes and slays this giant, and this person is actually terrified of that person because they know I will never be able to slay that giant. And so I'm going to persecute them for it. It's tough, but it's for real. And so this is what I'm saying. This is what I've said in all our services this weekend. It's like, I know this isn't the most encouraging point in the world, but I don't, do, I don't get up on the stage so that I get a good job afterwards, okay? I, listen, I love it, it encourages me, but I don't do this so that I get a good job. I do this so that hopefully somebody is actually touched by the power of God and he changes your life. That's the only reason. There's no other reason. And so my hope is that today that would happen. And for some of you in the room, it's like, wow, I'm actually going to, 2019, New Year, I'm actually going to go after this thing. I'm going to slay my giant, the big thing in my life. I'm going to go after it. And I just want to warn you that if that's you, you might actually have to fight your family. So I think first, second point, I don't know which one I'm on, but here's the point, is that if you want to slay a giant, you might actually have to first fight your brother. Okay? Let's keep going. I love it. So David, he looks at his brother, you know, he's, he says, I'm going to still do it. And so he says, where's Saul? I'm going to find Saul. I'm going to tell him i want to kill the giant. <laughs> and remember, I'm just a reminder, David, little kid, like 12, 14, Saul, Bible says Saul is head and shoulders taller than anybody else in Israel. Like he's a big guy and he's the king of the nation. And this is like big nation, like not a couple thousand, like millions and millions of people. <laughs> okay. So this guy's pretty important. And so David's like, I got to find Saul. I want to tell him I want to kill the giant. I want to read this to you. 32. This is what David says to Saul. It's hilarious to me. Don't hey man, don't worry about this Philistine. I'll go kill him. <laughs> I'm going to go fight him. All right. It's a little I don't know what's wrong with you. Verse 33. Don't be ridiculous Saul replied. There's no way you can actually fight this Philistine and possibly win. You are only a boy and he's been a man of war since his youth. I love David's response. 34. But David persisted. Listen, you don't get it. I have been taking care of my father's sheep and goats. Sick. (laughs) (laughs) It's awesome. When a lion or bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. And if the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and I club it to death. I have done this to both lions and bears and I will do it again to this pagan Philistine for he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. It's good, isn't it? And Saul consented and said, hey, may the Lord be with you. Here's what's happening here. Is that, you know, Saul, you can't do it. David says, listen, you don't understand. For my whole life, When no one's watching when no one cares and it it's I'm in private shepherding my sheep No one is again. No one's watching and no one cares. No one's watching. No one cares. I have been fighting giants all along When no one's watching and no one cares I have been killing giants all along And so the God that actually saved me in those moments again when no one's watching and no one cares is about to do the same. He's about to, to deliver me from this giant when everybody is watching and everybody cares. Here's the point. It's a good one is that private victory leads to public victory. Like here's the thing, everybody wants a public victory, right? <laughs> Everybody wants to be able to stand in front of thousands of people and say like I did it <laughs> We did it he did it in my life, you know, whatever it is But nobody wants to do the right things in private And listen, what i'm trying to say is that what you do in private when no one's looking and no one Gives a rip is actually so important it's So important and if you want a public a big public victory in your life Whatever it is you have to start winning the, the battles in private I love that. Does anybody want, like listen to the, the Dave Ramsey thing where like people get out of debt? Anybody? Hands? Yeah. Uh, I, my wife loves it. My, my mom loves it. So I've heard it a couple times. Um, and, and I love it. They'll bring these people on and they're like, hey, how much debt were you in? And uh, this is crazy. I can't even listen to it because it makes me sick. They're like, $200,000. That's crazy. <laughs> and... I'm like, oh man, this person, you know, so they start interviewing these people and it's great. And they say, have you got out of the debt? And they're like, yeah, we're completely out. And they just throw this little party for them. Like they just start going crazy and celebrating. And it's just like public victory in front of, again, tens of thousands of people, tons of people. And, but what you don't see on those programs is like those little moments day by day where it's like, I shouldn't go. Out. I know I shouldn't go out to eat, but I want to so bad. And they choose. They win the battle. You know, this is this is what happens. With, this is why I say this. You know, maybe someday I bring my lunch. It never works. It, I never. I never beat this thing. These people that work with me, they're gonna laugh if I bring my lunch and somebody asks me to go get food. I'm like, yes, I'll go. <laughs> Let's do it. And I'm ashamed. But it's it's those like little battles. You know what I'm saying? Like. That people win over and over and over in private when nobody's looking and nobody cares that actually gets them to the point where they can stand in front of thousands and thousands and thousands of people and say we did it we did it, now everybody wants a public victory well private victory leads to public victory the point (laughs) it's a good point Cole, it's too late I told you before hey can we get our band up here I speak a lot better when you guys play behind me um (sighs) I, I want to finish this off this morning. Just I, I kind of want to read just the rest of this passage to you um, I, Like we're not gonna put it on the screen, uh, you know, I just think it's really good I just want you to listen to what happens here at the end I, I, And I want to make a, a couple of points out of this here. Um, so David he chooses to go and fight Goliath as you probably know um, and this is what it says verse 41 it says Goliath walked out toward David and well with a shield bearer ahead of him, sneering in contempt at this ruddy-faced boy. Am I a dog, he roared, that you come at me with a stick? And he cursed David by the names of his gods. Come over here and I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals, Goliath yelled. I love David's response. He He said, you come to me with the sword and spear and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies. The God of the armies of Israel whom you have defied today the Lord will conquer you and I will kill you and cut off your head and then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and the wild animals and the whole world will know that there's a God in Israel here's what I want I just want to pause and I want to say I want to propose to you that you're supposed to actually talk back to your enemy <laughs> and I also want to propose this is that your enemy that thing the giant in your life whatever you want to call it it actually talks to you a lot talks to you all the time it's saying do you know you should do this or you should feel this way or just a little bit of this is okay or if i just go this far it doesn't actually matter it's like the that thing it talks to you constantly you know what i'm saying when i say that you guys instantly feel it but i want to propose that you are actually supposed to talk back to that enemy when I was in my, my season that I, that I talked about earlier, I actually learned this concept. And so for like two or three weeks before I had this miraculous, first miraculous encounter with God, what I would do is I would sit in my car on, the, on my drive to work. I had 20 minute drive from Yorktown to here to work every day. And I would actually talk to the thing. I would say, hey, you. Him and I, we're gonna kill you. We're gonna kill you. And it's gonna be so brutal for you. And I, look, I'm gonna show no mercy like you have shown me. And then what I'm gonna do is once I kill you, once I kill you, I'm gonna go around to every other person that I can possibly find in my life and I'm gonna kill you again and again in their lives. And you're gonna be sorry that you mess with me. You're gonna be sorry. And I, I would say things like, listen, you don't get it my dad is in charge of the planet he's in charge of the planet so why are you messing with me and so I would spend 20 minutes I'd spend just talking to this thing because I hated it I hated it and I wanted to kill it and so I'm proposing that that a lot of us we actually let the thing talk to us but we never talk back because what it what happens when you talk back to the thing is it helps you understand that you're actually the one who's supposed to call the shots not it that you and God you're in control not it Yeah Yeah and so we got people controlled by like me anxiety depression fear people controlled by insecurity people controlled by I just I just want to make money more money I just want to people controlled by these things that we that this thing tells us and I just want to propose that you need to talk back you need to start talking back to the enemy So good let me just finish this up as Goliath moved closer to attack David quickly ran out to meet him reaching into his shepherd's bag and taking out a stone he hurled it with a sling hit the Philistine in the forehead uh, the stone sank in and Goliath uh, fell face down on the ground so David triumphed over the Philistine with only a sling and a stone for he had no sword listen to this then David ran over and pulled Goliath's sword from its sheath and David used it to kill him and cut off his head Here's the last point, and we'll close with this. Uh, is that uh, I believe that that thing in your life, the giant in your life, I know it's corny, but you know what I'm saying. The thing in your life, I think its biggest weakness is actually its own weapon that's, he's, that it's using to kill you. And you see in the story of Goliath, it said he, or, I'm sorry, David, he never fought with a sword, but what he did was he walked over and used Goliath's own sword to kill Goliath. It's crazy. And what's interesting to me is like you see, and for the rest of David's life, he never uses a slingshot ever again to fight the enemy. What's he use? A sword. And I just want to propose, let me just prophesy this over you this morning, okay? I believe that this is a word for 2019. I'm serious, I know that's crazy, but for our family right here, I believe that this is for us, is that that the, the thing that's being used to kill you is actually going to be your new weapon in 2019. Yeah. And I, I think that, like, like I was, like I just said, like I think that once you kill that thing, you're actually called and you're destined to walk around the earth with a new ministry for the rest of your life. So hey, you're an alcoholic in the room? Great news! You're going to get freed from it this year. And how many of you know that that person's going to start a ministry freeing alcoholics for the rest of his life or her life? <laughs> and by the way, I don't actually like calling identifying people by their sin because I don't think that that's how God identifies you. I think that you're a son or daughter, not an alcoholic. That's just me. Yeah. If you're, I don't know, if you're controlled by anxiety or or addiction, whatever you got, I think this is your year for freedom, and then you have a new ministry from there on out. Listen, I can't stop thinking. Somebody is calling me. Come on. Sorry. Um, I can't stop thinking about this today this is listen pastor greg he always talks about how the last service he just says crazy thing this is me luke one let me see if i can find this I'm, i know it's just random it's off my notes forgive me I'm trying to learn how to preach better luke chapter one verse 13 uh, it's about the birth of john the baptist and john the baptist parents can't they want to have a baby but they can't and they wanted it for so long for so long. And this I'll just read this to you. Verse 13. But the angel said, Don't be afraid, Zechariah, God has heard your prayer. Your wife Elizabeth will give you a son, and you are to name him John. If you dig into the Greek, the original language, in that verse right there, it actually says is that God hears the prayer that you no longer pray. Like the prayer you've been praying for so long, and you're so tired and weary, God is gonna answer it. And today, I just want to say, like, I think that's for somebody in this room. Is that maybe you're you're beaten down and weary and tired and sick of this thing. I think today is actually maybe your day. And like we gather here, and maybe you showed up just to sit in a seat and, and hear a, a message. Well, you might get Jesus today. <laughs> so good for you. So here's what I want. I want heads bowed and eyes closed. If we can just do that all across this room. And listen, I just want to ask today, if you're feeling it, you're like, cool, I feel the Holy Spirit nudging me like I'm supposed to beat my giant this year. Can you just raise your hand for me real quick? Yeah. Awesome. I love it. Thank you. Let me just pray for you. God, we just ask uh, for freedom for these people, Lord, for the prayer that they might not even pray anymore, God, that you'd actually answer it. In Jesus' name, Lord, would you answer the prayer? And God, I ask that not only would, would we find freedom, the same freedom that you gave me uh, this morning, God, but that that freedom would translate into a movement into our city and into our county of, of freedom and victory all over, not because you just freed us, but because you then use us for a new ministry. You give us a new weapon. That's what we are asking for today, Jesus. That's what we want. And so we believe that you will do that. Holy Spirit, would you come? and convict, and fill us, and do whatever you gotta do. We love you, and it's in Jesus' name, amen.